0: My name is Katherine Pruitt, and I am a graduate student here at Marion University in the BMS program. Today, for our patient podcast project, I will be interviewing my mom, Betsy, about her condition with the Factor V Leiden mutation.
1: Hi, I'm Betsy. I'm Katherine's mom, and I was diagnosed with Factor V about six years ago.
0: Why don't you start by telling us a little bit about your diagnosis. I know yours is unique in the fact that it was discovered recently and really shed a light on health problems in your whole family.
1: So unfortunately, I lost an uncle at age 64 and an aunt at age 60. And because of that the doctors tried to look for a common link that might have caused this to happen among siblings. My dad's family had a history of early deaths but even back when they weren't they didn't really keep track of how they died or they weren't really certain. Um, He had lots of family members who passed away unexpectedly and some as early as in their 40s and 50s. But when my aunt passed away, we started putting some dots together that eventually led to um, our family being tested for factor five
0: and that's how the diagnosis came to light. Wow, so what kind of tests were involved in the process to diagnosis? So luckily
1: it was a really easy blood test um, we simply, you know, once the doctor had had the team of doctors, you know, who had um, worked with my aunt who lived in Florida and my uncle lived in Colorado and my dad and two other siblings were based here in Indiana, um, but they started to triangulate some data and made some discoveries that led them to believe that factor five might have been at play in um, both of their diagnosis, so my uncle had a DVT that eventually went to his brain, and that's how he died. My aunt had a DVT that went to her lungs, and that's how she died. So as they started to put the pieces together, that's how they came up with the diagnosis. Because my my living uncle um, was having a lot of issues with blockage in his arteries and that is that's where it kind of all came together was from talking to his cardiologist and then getting some information from the doctors from his siblings who had just passed away.
0: And it was just a simple blood test because factor five is just an inherited disease.
1: Yes all I had to do was request it from my doctor who um who was definitely on board because, you know, it's really important to find out when you have these genetic factors because it can help your health overall. So the doctor was, you know, got me tested right away and was honestly pretty surprised when I came up um, as having the factor 5 Leiden mutation. Why was the doctor so surprised? He was surprised because at the time um, I had and still have thankfully. I have four children and um, people who have the factor Five Leiden mutation typically have a very difficult time with pregnancy and with staying pregnant. And I was able to go through all of my pregnancies and give birth to full-term, almost full-term babies, um, which they they described later was practically a miracle um, that lots of people who have the factor 5 diagnosis um, have lots of miscarriages and lots and lots of problems with their pregnancies. So the fact that I did not was really tremendous.
0: I remember going to the OBGYN and she asked me if I had the factor 5 mutation like my mom and I had no clue what she was talking about. So we just ran a simple blood test for myself and my little sister, and luckily, I don't have the factor five mutation, but my little sister does. And as my mom mentioned, factor five is very important in different factors for women, especially um, using oral contraceptives and pregnancy and menopause and hormone therapies.
1: It affects other things as well um some things that you wouldn't really expect like luckily i travel a lot but now since i've had this diagnosis when i'm traveling i have to get up and walk around at least every probably hour and a half to 2 hours to make sure that i don't develop deep vein clots in my legs which is something you know you wouldn't expect in a normal person just going on a plane ride or you know taking a car trip a few hours away but I have to be really careful that, you know, my body doesn't have some odd reaction and I develop clots.
0: I know you said this is a problem that runs in your dad's family. So what was his initial response to this diagnosis and how has he continued to respond to that?
1: So obviously losing two siblings um, with a condition that's related like this is a huge wake up call so he takes really exquisitely good care of his health. He tries to make sure to exercise every day and you know stay very active. He also um, gets his carotid arteries, ultra, he gets an ultrasound test of his carotid arteries um, on a regular basis to ensure that they are not blocking that there's not some active clotting issue going on that, you know, that you would never
0: be aware of. I vividly remember being at my grandparents' house just a few years ago and hearing my grandpa tell us about his recent doctor's appointments, you know, I had my checkup today and the blood work shows that my cholesterol levels are down to this and X, Y, and Z are now within the normal ranges and he would tell us about his new exercise bike and I know he's still to this day, actively works at being healthier in his diet and exercise routines. And he also gets a routine ultrasound of his carotid arteries ever since his brother Steve underwent heart surgery. So he had a double bypass
1: heart surgery, but and they cleaned out his carotids, but they... Um, I think they strip the carotid arteries, try to get rid of all the plaque and all the buildup, which is there, which just is excessive because of the clotting factor. But right now, um, my uncle Steve, my dad's brother, has ninety-eight percent blockage in both of his carotid arteries, and there's there's nothing
0: they can do medically. So he just he goes at least once or twice a year to get them yes, re-cleaned out. Yes. and And it's still 95 to 98 percent blocked in both of them yes and so my dad has really
1: changed his entire diet and changed you know his activity level and is very cognizant of how this affects him and how you know he is 73 so right now he's beating the odds really Compared to
0: both of his siblings, yeah, yeah. Compared to his siblings, so it's it's very real. It's very scary. How does this diagnosis impact your life today? And are there any like additional obstacles that you encounter? I know you mentioned with um, traveling and having to get up and move your legs around more often, but is there anything else? So
1: one um, weird thing that happens to me is I have a really hard time um, forming clots and that leads to well the clots I have an easy time forming clots but my clotting leads to really bad scarring so a mosquito bite or like a scratch from a tree can lead to like a really bad scar because the way my body clots and there's always a clot literally right under the surface even after the skin has grown a scab and started to heal over there's always a clot just under the surface. It's really
0: a bizarre thing. <laughs> I know that she has a couple of scars on her legs that I've always like just kind of been curious about, I don't know, being interested in medicine. I always need to get that spot checked out, mom. You need to look at this. You need to do that. Um and the other day she told me a story about one of the scars on her leg whenever she was in the shower and Shaving her legs and what happened. So, I have had the same scar,
1: the spots on my legs for probably five years. And if I accidentally nick it with a razor or if something scratches it, it will, I mean, just an enormous clot will come out. And so, it looks again, it looks like it's sort of healed over the top, but it's just like a very super thin skin. It's like a really thick squirt of viscous blood. It's just bizarre. Um That is so wild. Yes, and my doctor currently has has these things mapped so he checks them when I come in for, you know, a physical. He'll just To see if the spots have moved. Or gotten bigger, gotten, bigger. gotten smaller, or gone away, but they haven't gone away. So
0: um it's just an interesting thing. As far as treatment goes, have you been put on any medications like prophylactically to possibly prevent the development of a DVT or pulmonary embolism? Factor
1: V. Leiden is an interesting disease state because there is nothing that you can see on a day-to-day basis. However, I do prophylactically take a baby aspirin every day. So I'm not a baby, but I take (laughs) an 81 milligram aspirin Just to help with that. That's really the only thing they know of, um, you know, because I don't have more serious issues, thankfully, but that is what I currently, like, that's the regimen that I'm currently on. Um, I've gone to a hematologist and to several other doctors, you know, for this um, specific condition, and they've all had really interesting analysis of the disease state so I have never had a really great understanding of it Um, although I've done plenty of my own research and obviously people in my family talk about it because it's a common factor (laughs) but um, I haven't had a really great understanding but Catherine has actually helped me understand it better than I have ever understood it before even though I have been to specialists and have been being treated for this for several years she's really helped me understand it like on a patient level that I can look at it and she's pulled it up and showed me this is where the mutation occurs
0: and it makes sense you know and I understand why it can lead to such big issues yes I remember one of the first times we talked about this factor five neither one of us had a clue what it was And just within the past couple of years, I've become, as I've learned about the coagulation cascade and all of these things, it's really painted the picture for me of, oh, wow, this is actually can have very serious effects and cause really serious problems if it is not taken care of properly or recognized. And you think about
1: how that one tiny mutation in your body can lead to all of this. And that's just one thing. I mean, out of all the fascinating body structures, and it's just, it's so interesting to just really be able to dive into it and learn more. And, you know, at 48 years old, I am taking my health more seriously. So... I'm really trying to increase my exercise and the things that I will do to mitigate this disease as, you know, as my days go on, because I certainly want my parents to live as long as they can. And now, you know, being a parent myself and recently becoming a grandmother, um, it's, it's really important to me that I am as healthy as I possibly can be. So I will continue to learn what I can and you know, hopefully this will help me live longer and be healthier.
0: Is there anything you wish your healthcare providers knew about living with this Factor Five Leiden mutation or the diagnoses of it or the treatment of it? The one
1: thing that's really hanging in my mind as a 48-year-old woman is how I'm going to be able to manage menopause because the Factor Five Leiden mutation um, dictates that you really cannot have estrogen. Um, you can't have extra estrogen. It's just very specific on what you can and cannot do. And after talking with you know, a hematologist and my OB and my primary care doctor, no one can really give me a good answer as to how I should plan to manage that as I move into the next couple of years.
0: And that's something I wish I could find an answer for. What is a misconception that people have about living with Factor Five, if that's applicable to this mutation? So I would say a misconception
1: is that um, I have family members who have not really taken it seriously, like cousins who, you know, who have the same, and even their parents are ones who've passed away. That have not been tested for the mutation, and it's really you know upsetting and concerning to me because you know just having you know knowledge is power, and if you know that you have something and you can do something small to prevent it, I don't know why you wouldn't do that. So I'm kind of on a um, journey of making sure that everyone is tested. Um, It's been interesting because the females have been more likely to get tested because of the birth control and the estrogen issues, but the males are obviously affected just as much. There's just not as many outward signs. So, and, you know, trying to get my nieces and nephews to be tested because, you know, I want to help save my family's life. Right. It's wonderful that, you know, modern medicine is able to pin it down, and help us learn more about it so that we can manage the disease and hopefully manage the outcome and we won't have
0: more you know another generation of people who die young so i was just doing some preliminary research um just on the internet about factor five and it wasn't discovered until the 1960s that would make sense that
1: makes perfect sense as to why my dad's relatives they they didn't have the knowledge about what had happened to them right that makes
0: perfect that makes sense yeah that's crazy so with it being a relatively new discovery i guess it makes sense that i mean the wide ranging effects so how it will affect menopause or hormo- hormonal therapy i guess it makes sense how that's why Those it, they might not be, have answers exactly they don't know wow absolutely So I'm going to leave it to you,
1: Catherine, and your, you know, the people in your classes and in your medical school class to figure this out so it can help us because you might carry the gene as well. So your kids someday
0: and definitely because I didn't test positive doesn't mean that I'm not a carrier for Mm -hmm. this mutation. And, you know, your sister has it. So it's something that we're going to have to be dealing with
1: for the rest of our lives. Yeah. So I would appreciate if you all would put some (laughs) brains
0: behind it and figure something out to help us out. Um, Are there any other aspects about this mutation or this disease state that you would like to learn more about? I really
1: would like to learn how, um, again, to just deal with it on a daily basis and how to mitigate long-term and short-term effects You know, I know things just about, like, when you're traveling, do this, but I don't know as much about, hey, this, you know, this could lead to something for people who sit at their desk all day, or, you know, what do I need to do, because, you know, I've been making a point of getting up and walking during the day, so the things that, it's those little details that now, I mean, knowing that they've just been working with this since the 60s is really not a lot of time, and I would dare say, there's probably not been a lot of
0: focus and energy and thought put behind it. hmm Yes. Yeah, so with that research earlier, um, and our textbook said that about 6% of the Caucasian population in the United States is most likely living with this mutation, and they just don't know it. Wow. And um, for venous thromboembolisms, factor five was in over half of those patients. Wow. Nationwide. <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah. And you, just having that knowledge that you have that
1: predisposition could really make the difference and could literally save your life.
0: Yes. Like you hear DVT or PEs all the time yeah. whenever you're a in a hospital. 38 year old
1: woman died of a PE. A yep. 47 year old man just threw a DVT. I don't know. Yep. It's so it's I'm a big and advocate for knowledge is power.
0: Yes. And to know that this is Predisposition to such major health events is huge. All right, Mom, Betsy, thank you for joining us today, and I really appreciate you taking your time to tell us more about this disease state.
1: You are very welcome, and I hope I have an opportunity to hear about what some of the other students have learned because. I've learned a lot today, and I hope that you all are able to learn from each other and help reach out to other people.
0: Speaking with my mom about the Factor V Leiden mutation ties back to our MPP coursework because Factor V is one of the many coagulation factors that's found in the blood. When you have the Factor V Leiden mutation, this coagulation factor becomes resistant to the normal cleavage process that takes place during the coagulation cascade. So it allows active factor V to accumulate in the blood and promote coagulation. Um, Thank you guys for listening to my patient podcast. I really enjoyed getting to talk to my mom about this factor V Leiden mutation because I've known that, yeah, it runs in my family, but I never truly understood the full extent of the health problems that it caused. So I really enjoyed this project and I can't wait to hear the other podcasts.